Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Hi, everyone. We have a special episode today. It's our first China venue on Retire There. Our guest, Ben Zabulis, will share the Hong Kong experience with us. You will likely remember that Hong Kong was a British colony from 1841 until it reverted back to China in 1997, at which point Hong Kong became known as the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region under the People's Republic of China. It enjoys its own limited autonomy under what's called the basic law. They follow the principle of one country, two systems that allows for the coexistence of socialism and capitalism under one country, which is China. The freedoms under the basic law expire in 2047, and it is not clear what Hong Kong's status will be after that. Hong Kong is located on the eastern Pearl River Delta in South China. There are approximately 7.5 million residents within its 426 square miles and is one of the most developed and densely populated cities in the world. It has also held the status as an international finance center. Fortune magazine estimates there are roughly 700,000 expats in Hong Kong as of January 2022, though about half of that figure represents domestic helpers, most from the Philippines and Indonesia. Thus, one would deduce there are about 350,000 expats there for other employment and or a variety of other activities. 
As a Chinese-American, I know little about Hong Kong. I've not been there yet either, except that my parents married there, though they were originally both from other parts of China. Cantonese is the spoken dialect, which I thankfully know enough of to get by. Because everyone else speaks Mandarin these days, and I feel like a fool. Also, there's amazing shopping, beautiful attractions, hotels, and delicious food. And that's according to my mom, family, and friends. Here's a little background about our guest. Ben was born and raised in Nottingham, England. He left home at 16 to undertake an apprenticeship before returning to education later in Nottingham Trent University, graduating with a degree in civil and structural engineering. Ben, that, that university, was that formerly known as Trent Polytechnic? It was previously known as Trent Polytechnic. What they did, the government did, I, I think in the 80s or a bit later, they changed or upgraded a lot of polytechnics to universities. So uh, it is now the Nottingham Trent University. That name leaves a bad taste in my mouth. When I was in college, I applied for a program there, Trent Polytechnic. Oh, I was right. denied. He was rejected. <laughs> I was rejected. I will, I rejected. I will tell them about that. I uh, will they, tell them about They're going to pay dearly for that, Ben. <laughs> I, I, I should think so. I shall make sure they do. <laughs> I shall make sure of it. You turned out okay, Gene. You turned out okay. Um, it may come out later, but I'm still connected with them, so I, I will have a word. All right, he's alumni. Yes, yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I also studied engineering, but in the mechanical field, so we're like okay. brothers. We're like brothers. Ben worked as a civil engineer at various UK locations before venturing overseas to live and work in Nigeria in 1984, then on to India, Japan, and Hong Kong, including some short-term assignments in Guam, Singapore, and the United States. Wow. Ben turned his early adventures abroad into a book titled Chartered Territory, or should I say Chartered Territory? You know, I watch so many English shows that you guys leave out the O. Titled Chartered Territory, an engineer abroad. He retired early and with Hillary, his partner, left Hong Kong and departed for the UK. However, craving the overseas lifestyle, they returned to Hong Kong in 2015. Since returning there, he's worked occasionally for a local learning center teaching English, writes travel lifestyle articles for UK magazines and sits on the Hong Kong Alumni Committee for the Nottingham Trent University that Jean just spoke so fondly of. <laughs> His interests include reading, crosswords, music, gardening, hiking, travel, culture, current affairs, collecting beer labels. All right. Oh, well, we've got some. We'll ship those over. <laughs> Food and wine, collecting sake bottles, sake, depending sake. on who you speak to, <laughs> when in Japan, finally learning the local language. So you know Cantonese, eh? Yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That was pretty good. I don't know what you first said. I knew you said siu siu very little and oh, yeah. siu siu tang like very little listening or here yeah, understanding. Mama day, yeah. Mama day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that's very good, actually. That means, uh, you know, see inside. Okay, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> that was good to do. So, do so, pangao hai jungok yan. Oh, wow. So, a yao hodo gay boy, king guy, yambejao, king guy. Very good. Drinking wow. beer and chatting, hanging out with buddies. Very <laughs> yeah, nice. Good. Very nice. Okay, Gene. Ben met Hillary in Hong Kong, and he says, amazingly, they are both from the same city in the UK. Small world. Wow, yeah, that yep. is amazing. Huh? Relocating from Hong Kong to the UK in 2004, they travel abroad, famous QE2, with all their worldly possessions. Wow. Would you do that, Gil? No, not yet. <laughs> Returning to Hong Kong in 2015, 
they again went by sea, this time aboard MT Balmoral, a vintage excursion ship, which Ben says is a great way of moving to another country. Hilary Garland was born and raised in Nottingham, UK. She was educated in Nottingham before undertaking a degree in sociology at London South Bank University. She worked for Cambridgeshire County Council, UK, offering career advice and guidance. She moved to Hong Kong in 1996 and worked as an English teacher at various learning centers. She also retired early, leaving Hong Kong and returning to the UK. Since returning to Hong Kong, she has worked occasionally for a local learning center teaching English. Her interests include reading, crossroads, music, gardening, travel, culture, current affairs, food and wine, cooking, and learning the local language. So Ben, welcome to Retire There. We understand Hillary is unable to join us today, so please send her our regards. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us, and uh, I, I will do so. Thank you. Yes. Where should we begin? Gil and I have so many questions. By the way, we should note for our audience, it's April 1st in Hong Kong, and one US dollar is 7.8 Hong Kong dollars, and one British pound is about 10 Hong Kong dollars. Now, would you share with us why you and Hillary left Hong Kong for the UK, then back to Hong Kong to retire? Yes, of course. Well, the thing is, we were working in Hong Kong, and uh, we were very happy with that. But work was getting a little bit crazy, and we felt we needed a break. The Hong Kong working uh, life can be quite manic, can be a little bit over the top, and you do work long hours, and there's a lot of traveling involved. And It was really quite exhausting. So we really wanted to have a break. And it was a good time to go back to the UK. Also, we had a house to sort out. My mother had died a few years previously, and I had bought the house, given half of the value to my brother. And so we we really had to go back and sort that one out as well. We didn't think it was going to be a retirement as such. It was really just to stop work. Today, you might call it a, a career break. You know, and uh, yes, that's a good. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, when you start working, it's amazing how quickly you get used to it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the idea of not working is really quite attractive, and the oh, yeah. idea of being able to do nothing, <laughs> yeah, uh, was very lovely. Yeah. Okay, yes, you do miss the cut and thrust of work from time to time, but getting up at five thirty on a Monday morning. No, this was not a problem. I was very happy with it. So anyway, we decided to go back to the UK and um, and that was it. So, you know, it was a sort of early retirement in the end, although we didn't plan it as such, but it turned out that way. And then we were able to sort the house out and uh, and we lived quite happily in Nottingham, back to Nottingham again, mm-hmm. and reacquainted with friends and the UK way of life. And that was it. So it was really just to... For a break, I think we needed a break, and that's why we left Hong Kong to go back to England. Um, can you tell us what retiring early means? What age is? Well, you wouldn't believe it, but it was forty-six. Wow! <laughs> you know, okay. I suppose okay. We, we. I was always. I, I've always tried to lead a very uh, unconventional life, if you like. You know, mm-hmm. people always say, "Ah, you know, you've got to work until you're 65. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. retire when you've got one foot in the grave, and <laughs> right. you know, then you'll end up in an old people's home, and that's the end of it." Oh. And I always joked with my colleagues at, at the time in Hong Kong that I want to retire now so I can spend my pension while I'm still young, and when I'm older, I'll go back to work. <laughs> 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 that's such when a I've good got nothing idea. Else to yeah. Do. 
Right, um, right. Well, but funny. you'll have to have your own business because of the uh, the prevalent discrimination all over the world. Well, maybe not yes. all over the world, but certainly in the U.S. <laughs> yes. Okay. Where, I think you that know, does where... exist in many places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we did. Why did you go back to Hong Kong? Well, that's a very good question, too. At the time, uh, maybe about 2012, when we sold the house, we'd made up our mind we were going to go somewhere. Like most people in the UK, you think about Spain, Portugal. We thought even about a place called Cornwall in the western part of the UK, which is quite a, a nice place. Yeah, I've heard, yes. So we, we went to, I think the closest we ever got to moving into any of those places was the Canary Islands. Oh. The Canary Islands is off the coast of West Africa yeah. and it's part of Spain. Mm-hmm. And in that place, we actually did engage with a uh, an estate agent, a realty representative, to look at some properties. And we did look at properties. They were very nice. And and we went back to the UK and we didn't take it any further. I'm not sure why. It's difficult to put a finger on it, you know, but it wasn't quite us. The funny thing is, in the Canary Islands, it's Tenerife, in fact, from the hotel walking down the hill to the town, we passed this Chinese restaurant. And it wasn't open, I think, because it was out of season. It was winter. And every time we walked past it, we sort of looked at it. And it was sort of, I wonder whether it was raising a little alarm bell in our subconscious saying, what are you doing here? Come back to Hong Kong. You know you like it. You know, what are you doing? For goodness sake, come back. We we, we sort of thought about Hong Kong. And uh, I suppose in one way, the good thing is that we understand or we understood the lay of the land. We know how Hong Kong works. The, The prize, if you like was that we had residency by virtue of our previous life there. Oh, and wow. if you if you live in Hong Kong for seven years and pay your taxes, and you've got a record of this, you can apply for permanent residency. Oh, and we okay, did good. that before leaving. The only thing you've got to do when you leave to maintain that is you must return every three years, at least once every three years, You don't have to have any specified time in Hong Kong. Even one day would do. Mm -hmm. So we did. We went back every three years. We still had friends there. So it made a nice trip. Mm -hmm. And also on occasion, we had some friends also wanted to have a holiday from Hong Kong. And so we would go and cat sit. They had two cats. So we'd go and look after their cats for a month Uh or two. Yes, and yes. while they traveled somewhere else, you see. Right. Uh, so it was very easy to keep that option going. And we always kept it going. We, we felt that to have this residency status was worth maintaining. Although when we first started to maintain it, we didn't realize it would lead to this. And <laughs> even when we were there and we earned that, it was really just a convenience because we could come and go from Hong Kong without using your passport. You didn't have to have a stamp in your passport every time you left Hong Kong, came back in and, and wow. this sort of thing. Convenient. So that was more a convenience rather than looking at it as a future place to live in. Mm-hmm. See? So anyway, to answer your question, that was really why we decided to go back to Hong Kong because we had an affinity with the place. And you're probably going to ask now, well, you know, in the, why did you leave in the first place? Well, to be honest, we didn't do our homework properly because we didn't think we would be able to survive economically in Hong Kong. We wow. always had the impression it's a very expensive place. 
Yeah. So the idea is go back to your regroup, if you like. But then later on, well, I mean, the UK is getting quite expensive too nowadays. Going back didn't seem the same. It didn't seem as severe, if you like. We thought, well, okay, let, let's give it a chance, you know. And uh, of course, we're a bit older, a bit wiser. Your lifespan is reduced a little bit. <laughs> so maybe your money doesn't have to go so far. Right. Maybe later on when we talk about costs, I can explain that in more detail. But yeah, that, that, that that's the main reason why we left UK. Okay. Uh, Hong Kong to go back to UK and why we then came back. Maybe it's better the devil you know. <laughs> right. If you, if you didn't live there for seven years, what are the visa requirements? How hard is it to get a visa? Well, uh, you 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 can get a visa as a as a as a tourist. I think for the, for the UK it's 180 days, and for most other nations, including US, it's 90 days. Yes. Mm-hmm. What you can do uh, in the interim is just you can get a trip to Macau, which is our, one of our nearest neighbours. It's only about an hour on the boat. You can go there. Most most people anyway go there for a weekend break or something like this we used to go once a month so it's not a problem oh. uh, so you can just go out there <laughs> come back in and you get another 90 days or 180 days mm-hmm. so that's quite easy but to get the seven years you have to live there for seven years continuously sure. and prove that you've paid your taxes and this sort of thing now if you are a very rich person which i am not and i don't suppose you are if you have maybe <laughs> a million us dollars to spare then you can buy your residency as always, there is a different rule for the rich mm. and yes. a different yes. rule for the rest of us. Gee, I'm so surprised. <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the cost of living for a moment. Where? Oh, oh, I for, you know, I forgot to mention. First, where in Hong Kong are you guys? And you don't have to give us the street number. <laughs> and is it near other expats? Well, okay. Very simple. No, that it, that it isn't near expats at all. Mm. I've seen one or two, but we tend not to meet. We tend to be in different circles. We go out at different times. There are only one or two in this district. And we are very, it's a very different scenario, this, because we always think of Hong Kong as very high rise, all these buildings like matchsticks sticking up, you know? But we actually live in a village. Oh, and they're oh, all wow. story or three-story buildings, very low rise. <laughs> and not many people realise this that yeah. Hong Kong has these sort of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are in a village in the New Territories. If you can picture the New Territories, it's it's probably about twelve and a half miles north of the main business centre on Hong Kong Island. Okay, ah. okay. Um, so we're a little bit out in the sticks, as you might say. Oh, you know, nice. It's very quiet. There's not much going on. There's only one bus an hour <laughs> into the town. It's, it's quite remote. Okay. Do you need a car? No, no, we have a bus. We don't have a car. So you have you to know. time it hourly. Yes, well, that's okay. As long as you plan your day. Right. Of course, you can you can walk to some shops nearby. That might be a 15-minute walk. Mm-hmm. Or there's a hill to hike up to get the bus on another road. But to be honest, you get used to that. You know, you get used to it. Yeah. To be honest, you know, as regards sort of home ownership and car ownership, I don't want to go there. I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No need. <laughs> okay. So, and I'll tell you why, yes. because now that I am extremely old and ancient, uh, <laughs> I am entitled to a bus pass. So oh, every wow. journey I take costs me 25 cents US 
US 25 cents, wow. two Hong Kong dollars. And that's okay for me. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> How old do you have to be to get the bus pass? Yeah, he's gonna well, actually, it used to be a, a 65, but they reduced it recently to about, uh, I think it's 60, 61 or 62. And of course, I'm already 64, so I got it, you see. So. Oh, you are so <laughs> old, you should think about retiring. I should really think about that, Jill. Thank you very much. That's great advice. <laughs> have you got any websites that I could possibly get advice from? <laughs> yes, come. <laughs> Come to retire there. Yeah, well, um, I've heard of that one. I've heard of that one. It's very good. <laughs> so um, tell us, I assume you rent then? Yes, we do rent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can we talk about the cost of rent where you are? Well, yes, where we are. I mean, rents in Hong Kong are quite high. And that is the main problem for, for many people, including locals. We decided to rent because... At our age, we, we don't have children. So to invest in property, there's nobody to leave it to or anything <laughs> like that. So that's why we sold up in the UK and we collected, we pooled all that money together with investment savings and did a few calculations and said, yeah, OK, we can rent. Let's rent. And for this property here, this is a property of about 900 square feet. Oh, OK. OK. okay. It's a flat. It's part of what we call a village house. And village houses are two or three stories. You can rent the whole house or one floor of the house. It depends how it's all arranged. A lot of variety. Because we have the top floor of a two-story house, we also have the roof garden, which is a flat roof. Oh, wow. And there's another, there's another roof up there. Mm-hmm. So we have a roof garden and the whole of the downstairs. And we pay, it's, well, 15,000 Hong Kong dollars for that a month. And that is about 2,000 US Okay. 2000 US dollars. To buy such a property, you'd be looking at maybe uh, 600,000 to 850,000 US dollars. It's quite expensive. That's, again, this is quite a modest property. You know, right, you can right. go yeah. up to 60 million US dollars if you want. Sure. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wow. Um, but our rent, our rent at 2000 US dollars is quite low for Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And that's because we are some way away from the business center. You could multiply that by two or three times the closer you get to the main Hong Kong island. Right. It's the same as every city. If you're in the centre, you pay a lot. The further you move out, the cheaper you are. Of course. And and also for us, it's it's better because it's quieter. The air is cleaner. It's Mm -hmm. a bit more natural environment. So for us, Mm -hmm. we we don't need the business centre anymore. (laughs) Right, right, right. So you said 900 square feet, right? Yes. And on two levels, is that a one-bedroom? Uh, no, we have two bedrooms. You have two bedrooms? Uh, okay. Yes, yes. 900 square feet, that's one level. And then 900 square feet is the garden above. Oh, ah. okay. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. And the, the purchase the house, that would be to purchase only that floor and the top? Or is that the whole house for the 600 to 850? The whole house. Okay. You know. and oh, no, and- that would be just one floor. Sorry, that would be one floor. Oh, just one floor. Okay. Yeah, more or less exactly what we have now. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot. But having two bedrooms, you know, I have to say that's less than Manhattan, but 2000 is quite a lot for 900 mm. square feet. Yeah, but plus they're not in city center. Right, that's true. But that's the cost of living. And what about yeah. other things like amenities, um, Wi-Fi, yeah. electricity and so forth? Well, to be honest, they're quite reasonable. And I've worked out generally that for electricity, say, we pay about 26 US dollars a month. Oh, wow. Oh. That's great. Wow. That's so really gas, good. gas is $3 a month. <laughs> oh, 
Water is three dollars a month. Wow. The internet. The internet is probably one of the more expensive items. That's about thirty dollars a month. Uh, telephone about two US dollars a month. So I've worked out just for as an example that mm-hmm. um, our total bills in sort of utilities and internet telephone is probably about sixty or seventy US dollars a month. Wow. Great. You know, so that to me, once you add it to the rent makes yeah. it much more reasonable. Yeah, I definitely. mean, I just got our gas bill. It was 190 US yeah. dollars. It's the winter, really? yeah. Well, yes. it's the winter and I think I went a little much on the heat, gas heat. <laughs> yes. We also have drafts in the house. So yes. I just say to Jean, unless we fix these drafts, I am turning up the heat. <laughs> Who has time to fix the drafts? And you said yes, it was- exactly. You you know, said it- this is very true. And uh, you know, I, I mean, Hillary has this theory that, you know, wherever you live and rent, it's more or less the same because, you know, in the UK, you might have lower rents but the cost of living is much higher. Yeah. And in other places, you know, it might be the other way around. But generally, it averages out very right. similar. <laughs> Another good thing to take into account here is that tax, tax, or Hong Kong is not a tax haven, but it is tax lenient. Oh. You know, even when I was working here, we were paying about 15% a salary tax. Living here, well, we don't we don't pay that because we don't earn. The income tax is very simple. You only have income on your salary or ah. if you are renting out a property. So the rent you receive from a property, you have to pay tax on that and you pay tax on your earned, on your salary. Oh, so you guys have There is zero. no capital gains tax. There is oh, wow. no tax on your savings. There is no tax on your investments. Wow. Everything is tax-free. Wow. So you- salary and property. <laughs> but, okay. but even the 15% tax, that's a lot lower than UK, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, even if you're one of these multimillionaires, which um, I am not, you <laughs> would only pay 17%. The lowest tax band is 2%. Well, so it's, uh, it's certainly very, very reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. I won't talk about our tax rate, although I retired a few months ago and I'm hoping for my income level to drop from a nice amount to zero, although <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we shall see. Yes. Okay. Well, it's worth okay. it. looking forward to. <laughs> yes. Yes. What about things like groceries? So you have to travel far or is there anything walking distance to where you are? We can walk, but the choice is very limited. So what we do, we get on our village bus, which again, 25 cents. It takes us to what you might call the nearest city, which is a place called Chartin. It, it may have a population of about half a million to a million. It depends how far you, you think of how you know the extremities mm-hmm. but there there are many many choices of supermarkets and markets and the shopping is is is, is very easy mm-hmm. and in terms of food wine spirits all that mm-hmm. i suppose it varies between a, maybe a hundred and 150 us dollars a week probably you know Wait. that's for two people is it possible to cook less and eat out more where you are and by, and by the way before you answer that question did you say you're near Chartin? Yes. Do you think it's necessary to cook or can you guys eat out more often than not? We tend to cook more nowadays because the village where we are is quite remote mm-hmm. and transport back at night, it, it's not really very convenient. In our previous Hong Kong life, we were more in the city. And so going out a lot was was a thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we were both working. So we didn't really have a great deal of time to go shopping or do cooking and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we were in a place where there was very many what they call cha chanteng or dai pai 
Dong eateries in Hong Kong. These are like street eateries, if you like. Uh, very mm-hmm. cheap, a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. And it was very easy just to go there on a balmy summer's evening, mm-hmm. have a meal, drink beer. Okay. Uh, but where we are now, we, we tend not to bother with that. So we tend to uh, cook more. Although okay. when we, we do occasionally go out for lunch or to coffee shops, maybe two or three times a week, at the moment, that, that's good for us, you know. Okay. In one way, our, our Hong Kong life now is a little bit different to before. Maybe before a little bit wilder because we were younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we would mm-hmm. go down to the maybe Chim Sa Choi, the the bar districts, and you know, come back at one o'clock in the morning. You know, on a Saturday <laughs> or whatever. But now we are a little bit older and a bit more sedate. <laughs> <laughs> sedate. Are the other that, pubs open late there? Oh yes, yes, they yes they are open very late. Yeah, till the early hours of the morning. Oh wow! Oh wow, that's not bad. Although I have to clarify and just say that with the COVID, that yes. is not the case. But in normal sure. circumstances, yes. So, what would you say the average cost of a meal, like a street vendor, would be? Oh well, it, it's it's so variable. You know, it could mm-hmm. be you could pay maybe a hundred Hong Kong or less. You know, that would be about twenty. Uh, Maybe 10, 10 to 15 to 20 US dollars, okay. something like that. All right. That gives a sense. If I can do that five days a week, <laughs> and since I don't drink, I still don't have to cook. See, my goal in life is to not have to cook. Oh, actually, my goal in life is not to feel guilty for not cooking. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about another important item before we move on to something more fun. But let's yes. talk about healthcare. So in Hong Kong, what is healthcare in general? And then, of course, course, since you're out there remotely, how are you able to get good health care or is that not a concern? It's really not a great concern because we've always lived a very happy-go-lucky life and we take each day as it comes, you know. Uh, we've never had health insurance and we, we would rely here on the health service, the local health and hospital service. We, okay, at the moment it's overstretched with COVID, but in normal circumstances it's not too bad and you, t- you can get a reasonable service. We've never thought too much much about the future, about what happens with healthcare. We tend to forget about it, put it to the back of our minds <laughs> and just live every day as it comes. You know, okay. we have a lot of confidence in our our health. We, we try to look after ourselves mm-hmm. and we try to work on any prevention rather than a cure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is is the public so health care not a big issue? Is okay. the public health care there free? Yes, it is. Yes, you 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 may pay a little bit depending on your your medicines if you need anything like this mm-hmm. or any maybe any special treatment. Then yes, you probably will pay. But for normal things, no. You just show your ID card, show that you're a resident, and you pay a nominal, a very nominal fee. Is part of your preventative thinking an annual visit to a primary care? No, 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 nothing like that. No. <laughs> Well, maybe because Gene and I are very familiar because we both have certain items that have popped up and certainly over the years. So we do visit our very specialized down to our you know, kind of general practitioner, and and we file those claims. So we're very concerned about healthcare insurance. Luckily, I retired from a university that pays very generously. (laughs) 
So can you give us an idea, or maybe you don't know, in, in the event of an emergency, let's say, someone yes. goes to the hospital through a, with an ambulance, yes. do you know those associated costs? Well, it's free if he goes to the public system. Yes, it would be public hospital, so there, there wouldn't be a cost as such. So that covers everything you're saying, covers the ambulance, yes. Yes. It covers, oh, wow. Yes. The only yeah. thing it probably doesn't cover dental care, it probably doesn't cover dental care, right? No, it doesn't cover dental care, that's right, yes. And usually, again, we, we look after our our old uh, things here. We just go on a, a pay-as-you-go. We just we would go to a dentist if we had a problem, and, and that's it. And we haven't had a problem so far. So touch wood, it's okay. You know. So since 2015, hmm. you and your wife have not visited a medical or a dentist, a dentist or a doctor, both. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Hmm. This is. And we hope it's going to stay that way. <laughs> yes. Is there some kind of magic in the water, or do you both eat? organically or or what's your secret uh, we don't really eat anything special other than we eat good natural produce you know we try to limit pre-packed food or processed food but you know we we, we do we do drink so that might be a bad sign and hilly smokes and that might be a bad sign <laughs> and then i suppose we have you know air pollution all around us everywhere nowadays but on the whole we, we don't really do anything special but we okay. do we do have something that's quite important and that is i think a very positive attitude oh, wow. and i think if you have one of those <laughs> and you avoid stress then you're halfway there stress yeah, yeah. well i think if you can figure out how to avoid stress, mm. then you're very close to the Dalai Lama. I think <laughs> and, so. And uh, okay, yes. that means we have to be very good friends with you because <laughs> we need that. We we need to hear it more often. If it rubs off on you, then I'm pleased. <laughs> well, Gene has worked for another two years. Or I'm maybe starting to think I'll I may leave him. sooner, but I'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you have to do. Take it day by day mm-hmm. and see how you feel. That's yeah. my only advice. But back to healthcare. There's some ex. I assume some expats pay for private health care. Is that right? That is correct. And a lot of locals do too. And in fact, a lot of employment contracts do provide it as a perk. So that's okay. that's quite a normal thing. Probably the problem with public health care, if it's not an emergency, there might be a long wait, right? Is that right? There could be a wait. Yes. Yes. Sounds good, though. So generally, yes, quite good. To be honest, again, as I sort of said, we haven't really put it to the <laughs> test yet. And we hope we never will. You know, so, you know, we, we do teach sort of basic exercise. We, we walk a lot. You know, we don't have a car. We walk a lot. We have the bus. We, we eat reasonably healthy and we are sort of we try to keep us as fit as possible as we are told to be now days you know so that, that's all we do maybe well, it's I, all in the genes yes i was just going to say this all could be genetics as well yeah this is amazing yes. so you have to be a resident either be there seven years or yes. or you have to purchase health insurance exactly so for yes. example all right so for example if gene and i were to come to Hong Kong with the prospect of living there and yes. we wish to just rent for a few months and we have 180 days, which is more than most nations, we would have to purchase healthcare. Uh, it would probably be to your advantage right. to, to give you peace of mind. Right. But In yes, case. You'd, you'd have to be the seven-year permanent resident to qualify for free right. treatment. But yes, purchase uh, the health insurance, mm-hmm. you know, and, unless you have confidence to to live without it, of course. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's that's Move on to language. You spoke Cantonese very well before. How would you know, Gene? According to you. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> You've had a good anyway, I like you too. Anyway, do enough people speak English though? 
Can you yes. get along without speaking Cantonese? Oh, yes, a lot of people do. A lot of people who have been here many, many years mm-hmm. do not utter a word of Cantonese oh, wow. or Mandarin. It doesn't matter because English is still an official language here. Right. The two languages are Cantonese and English. Mandarin has been, they're trying to butt in, but we're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not accepting it, you know. I like Cantonese as a language, and I, I started to learn it in my previous life here because involved in construction, it was nice to go down onto a building site and talk with a lot of the laborers, uh, sure, yeah. ask them what they're doing and give them instructions. And to be able to do it in Cantonese was, it was a marvelous thing. I'll bet. And then I started to learn more and more and, and get into it a lot more. It's not necessary to, to know it, mm-hmm. but it just makes it nice. You know, it, mm-hmm. it opens a few more doors. Mm-hmm. Yes. It makes life a bit more interesting. Right. Especially yes. if you're living in a rural area. I mean, is everyone there English fluent? or no. no. No, right? Okay. Not okay. at all. They're all local Cantonese uh, villagers that probably have a heritage in mainland China. Probably a lot of them came across the border maybe after the war. Some right. of them are quite old, you know. Right, right. And so uh, they're, they're all Cantonese speakers, you know. And mm. so, yes, it's a, it's a great opportunity to practice. Right, right. And to enjoy that that cultural bond, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's what makes moving abroad, I think, so interesting. Sure, mm. sure. Do you miss English? I mean, do you consider going back often or what have you guys been doing? Do we miss England? No, we don't. Not at all. <laughs> no. Would we consider going back? I don't think so. Okay. No. okay. Of course, never say never. Never say never. Um, if things stay as they are, even with all our trouble in Hong Kong, I can't see as we'd go back to England. We might, however, consider going somewhere else. And that okay. might be another issue. But okay. yes, yeah, that's that's way in the future. All right. You're an engineer, so I, I can predict that you're logical. And because I so. um, I'm very, <laughs> I'm little, sure I overthink, but I'm sure because I know many engineers who also overthink and overthinking oh. is very bad for stress. But, you don't seem to be stressed at all. Not at all. Uh, and Maybe because you're a civil engineer. All right, no comment. Or not civil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, some some people have asked the long-term question, right? You're in a foreign country. Yes. Um, What plans do you put in place? I mean, it's sometimes... Things happen and not just because of old age. So how do you handle or address something like that? Have you talked well, about that? I mean, that? That, that's true. And the fact of the matter is we we don't, you know, we just take it day by day. You know, today is wow, today really? and mm-hmm. tomorrow will be the next day. And we don't plan even for tomorrow or the day after. Wow. I, I think, you know, in terms of planning for the future, you've got to be a bit realistic, especially in the modern world. You know, there may not even be a future. So we have to just take it day by day, enjoy it moment by moment and maybe this is why we're not big uh, fans of insurance you know we don't want to project it too much on and on and on we've always just done things as we do in a very happy-go-lucky manner it would horrify most people to know that in our previous life we've traveled to most southeast asian countries we never had insurance we've never had immunizations wow. yeah. did anything go wrong no <laughs> i didn't go wrong because we are careful and that's how you have to live your life i agree i I agree. Yeah. So what about when you were in the UK? Did you have insurance there? No, no, because again, we have the National Health Service. Oh, so it's all, you know, all paid for. Well, and and that's a great you, service. Yeah, I have to tell you, I think this episode clearly shows Americans are obsessed about insurance. And I think so. 
Yeah. I mean, aren't we? Yes. yes. We we got life insurance. We've decided that we don't need it. But also we don't have <laughs> we don't have a national health care plan here. Well, which, th- but that's just which it. we should have. But anyway. You know, I used to go to a physician, my primary care physician, who did not accept any insurance. Yeah. And I loved her because I, I went to her for a problem and she was so wonderful. I decided to have her as my primary care. Super well educated, but so down to earth and normal. I would go to see her every so often. Each time it would be $400. Now, oh. once we met the deductible, I was able to get some of that back. But yes. it was just part of my routine. I'm like, yes. oh, I'm going to lose this much today. And, <laughs> and you move on. So, yeah. but it wasn't until my most recent employment where I was shocked that I was in a plan that was so good. I think <laughs> I think also the insurance company thing is, is becoming uh, quite popular in the UK now as well. And indeed here, a lot of the big insurance insurance companies exist in Hong Kong. Really? Yeah, they, they have to make money as well. Yeah, yeah. And they do prey on people's insecurities. Yes. You know, they assume, ah, but what if, and what if, and what if this happens? Right. My answer is, well, don't make it happen. Don't let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, if it was all that easy. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Again, it comes down to being a positive person. Yes. No, because it, look, at least I can speak on behalf of many Americans that we talk Hiring before you're uh, eligible for government health care, you yes. have to pay on your own. And yes. that can be extremely costly. So, so many Americans, if they retire early, consider moving outside the United States. And then yes. they tell us, oh, it costs us nothing. And we have yes. wonderful doctors and et cetera, yes. et cetera. So I think that's why yeah, that, that that's so important. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's All right. move on. How about bank accounts? Is it hard to get a bank account there? No, very, very easy. Very yeah. easy. You can go into any branch and just the usual documents, um, ID, proof of address. You might need a copy of your work contract if you're working or maybe a letter of guarantee. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, and it's done. Different oh, wow. banks have different requirements, but generally the two things, ID, passport, for example, mm-hmm. or and proof of residence. And that's it. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. I opened my account back in 1992 when I first came here, mm-hmm. and I've just kept wow. it going. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And the same bank? No one acquired it? Yes, the same it, bank. Huh? <laughs> that's the so same interesting. Bank. We use HSBC here. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> we we they're, have... they're quite good because they have a lot of international connections mm-hmm. in every, mm-hmm. branches in every country. So it's fairly stable. My mother in Brooklyn, New York, had an HSBC account and we had, until we, the day she we died. Had, we had one a few blocks away, but it closed last year. Let's get on to fun stuff. What do you do for fun, you and Hillary? Uh, well, yes, you'd be surprised, actually. Um, I do a, a lot of hiking. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't think of this in Hong Kong. No. Hong Kong has some quite fabulous countryside oh. and some of the best hiking trails to be had in this region. In wow. fact, one of our hiking trails, it's called the Dragon's Back, mm. is actually, I think, in the top 10 of National Geographic greatest hikes in the world. So we can do that. So every month I um, we have a hike planned somewhere with a group of friends and we we just go to the different parts the islands a very good hiking territory up towards our neck of the woods also very good but even on hong kong island where the business center is there's also some very good trails there so hiking is one thing although i don't do it now but i used to be a member of a dragon boat team oh wow. so our company had a dragon boat team <laughs> wow. so that's the sort of thing we do we do uh, i say a lot of crosswords we meet 
meet friends for coffee, we socialise a lot, and, and that's about it, you know, and uh, we, we mm-hmm. keep going that way. We do a lot of crosswords, which are <laughs> competition crosswords. One of them that's particularly challenging is from the Guardian newspaper in the UK, oh, yes. mm-hmm. and it's yeah. called The Guardian Genius. That's oh. no reflection on us at all. But uh, <laughs> um, the fact is, that, you know, you could do this online and we do it every month and there's a, a quite a good prize for that, although we haven't won yet. But it does keep you keep the mind going. One thing I've started to do uh, more seriously anyway, although I, I've always been interested, is learning Chinese characters. Oh, God. You see? And what I do is whenever I've, well, it started in the early days when I used to be stuck in a traffic jam, either in a car, which I used to have, company car, or on a bus. I would try to read the characters on the side of a lorry or the advertising on a bus or something like this and try and work out what it wow. meant. It really just get the mind thinking. And, and now I apply it to menus or other items and try and try and work out. Because sometimes when, if you see a page of Chinese characters, you you panic. You think, oh dear, I can't read that. But then if you sort of, if you go through them sort of and try to calm down and think logically, you can just about get the gist of it. So that's what I always try and do. So that's another good uh, hobby, if you like. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, you know, keeping fit and exercise, Hong Kong is very good for that. I mentioned the cycle trails, uh, the the hiking trails. There's also a lot of cycle paths, swimming pools, tennis courts. Mm -hmm. There's a football leagues. There's cricket there's rugby uh, there's a baseball even small baseball league uh, right. american football style league there's just so many things to do you know they're, they're very sports conscious the government provide all this but right. they're very good at it in fact. Well, you know that's so smart right if you're keeping your people healthy you don't have to pay to for the the health care that you're giving out you mentioned yeah. sports what are the most popular spectator sports is it football? Um, i would say in hong kong um it could be a, a, it's a toss-up i think between football or soccer, maybe rugby. They are very big. Oh, not cricket. And uh, we do have a, you know, golf. Golf is very popular. They have a lot of golf tournaments, tennis tournaments, or at least pre-COVID we did. You know, since then, things have quietened down and hopefully it will get back to normal. There is also uh, things like the motorsport. There was a Formula E Grand Prix in the streets of Hong Kong. And and things like that. So there's a huge variety. Have you heard of pickleball? No. Oh, I know Gene was very interested. Pickleball is like uh, tennis, but on a quarter of the size of a tennis court. It includes rackets that are the size of paddleball. The flat. Oh, right. Like like ping pong. So in in the in the U.S., it's it's a rave. I don't know uh, what other countries it's, that we. It's very out. popular. It says it's very popular also with, with older people because you don't have to you don't have to run around so much because right. the the, the court, the court is, is so much smaller small. and the ball is is hard plastic. Okay, so with so some holes another- in it. If you Google it, you'll you'll see all sorts of uh, pickleball tournaments and. I um, yes, I will look it, it up. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised. But it's it's not here yet, but I, I look forward to it arriving. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about theater movies? Uh, do you guys have cable, or do you go to the theater? We don't have cable, no, and we just have a local TV. Um, but yeah, the theater is there. Either live performance or films, movies, uh, concerts this sort of thing. Again, because of COVID, things haven't been quite as they should be. Right. But um, I remember in my previous Hong Kong life, we saw the Rolling Stones here. 
Wow. Brian Ferry, you know, a lot of the wow. bands will play Hong Kong on their way to Australia or this mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know. Right. So right. it was very good. You know, we had David Bowie in excess, uh, a lot of, sure. uh, but unfortunately, recently, that hasn't been the case, you know. Right. But yeah. hopefully, again, we get back to normal soon. That's a scary so, Yes, question. we have access to all those things. You know, it could be drama, it could be movies. There, there's some very good things come along. Opera, we have sure. a very fine cultural centre in Kowloon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put on all sorts of events, you know, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Okay. What about if if one wants to get away? Is is the airport close to you? And also, are there inexpensive flights to other parts of Asia if you just want to get oh, yes. somewhere close? Yes. Well, for, for, okay, the airport, first of all, of course, Hong Kong is quite small. You, you're never that far from the airport. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, depending on where you are, it could be anything from half an hour to an hour on the bus. Mm-hmm. And it might cost you a couple of US dollars or something mm-hmm. like this. You know, it's very efficient, very regular service to various places in Hong Kong. The airport itself, uh, it's very modern because it's out. It was built on an island off Lantau, Lantau Island. The old one used to be in the centre, which was quite a fantastic approach. It's legendary for that. It's it's spawned many interest groups. It's It's got a whole society. You know, can't be many old airports that do that, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yes, in terms of the airport today... Yes, you can get a flight anywhere, you know, direct flights anywhere in the world. It's one of the major hubs. There'll be several destinations in the US, direct flights, Australia, Europe, anywhere in Asia. You can go anywhere in China, Taiwan, Indonesia, Japan, you name it, you can go there. Let's say from where you are, the district that you are in, if you were to call a a taxi or, or an Uber, to Hong Kong International Airport, that would yeah. cost only a few US dollars? That's the bus. No, no, that would be the bus. Oh, the, the bus. bus. Oh. Yeah, the bus is very, very efficient. You know, they're every 20 minutes or so. It, they're very, very good. A, a taxi would be a lot more expensive, of course. You may pay three to $400 Hong Kong okay. for that. Okay. okay. Um, and that would That's be, I suppose, about 40, 40 to 50. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, Something well, like that, well, you know, during COVID, I have to say, and I don't know if it's because of COVID, we went somewhere recently and we live about 20 minutes away from JFK International Airport. I called an Uber and then I called Lyft, which is the competing company, and they sure. both quoted over 70 US dollars. Crazy. And I almost had a heart attack because (laughs) when I drive to JFK to pick up Gene or vice versa, we only, you know, spend 20 minutes on the road unless, of course, there's traffic. That's a separate situation. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, that 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 could be, that could be, maybe they are taking advantage of the situation. Mm -hmm. But that bus from your district, is that the regular city bus? Because you said it's every hour. Now you're saying. Oh, no, that's the, that's the village bus that takes us to the nearest conurbation, if you like. So that's my 25 cents bus, that that would be. And that would take, that would, 20 minutes, that would take me to where I can get the the main airport bus. The airport bus, although I, I can't, pay 25 cents but i I do get a discount on that particular bus you know so 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 it it works out okay you know so yes we could go anywhere we want i think the only two occasions where we couldn't get direct flights were myanmar burma and bhutan i think that's changed now you know because there's more budget airlines and this sort of thing right right um so uh so there's a lot more direct flights now although actually i can't say that because with covid there's a lot less flights anyway (laughs) right true (laughs) but um again normal times Mm -hmm. it's it's okay 
I have a question out of curiosity. Yes. When you left home and you left your yes. parents yes. and you said you were going to China, yeah. they because you're you oh there's two children, so it's you and a brother. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Did they think that you were just going off? I guess how did they react? Well, they they were quite staggered to be honest because you know, when I was a kid and this is true, I was uh, famous or infamous for being homesick whenever I left home, you know, if ever they took me to the seaside or (laughs) to another place, I just had to be home. You know, I I was always playing up. I was giving trouble. I I hated it. I hated going anywhere. You know, (laughs) as I was growing up, this transformation came over me and I started to develop a sense of adventure, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So working in England, to about the age of 26, uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's good. It's okay. The job's okay. Engineering, it's fine. Great. You know, it's good money. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I needed more. You know, I, you needed a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was more to life than just doing this day in, day out, yeah. whatever. So I thought, okay, I will apply for a job overseas. I, I didn't have a target. And to be honest, the first one was Nigeria. Now, that would not have been my first choice, I can right. tell you. However, it was a baptism of fire because f- from then on, if they say, they say if you can survive in Nigeria, you can survive anywhere. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and I think that could be imagine. true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a two-year contract. No, it wasn't. Wait a minute. It was a one-year contract. The way it was worded was that if you decided to quit early, then you had to pay the money back, you know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. And they knew, they knew that it requires some staying power. Right. So right. they had to get you there and keep you there with that clause, if right. you like. Wow. So you were there um, for three years, right? Yeah. More or less, yeah, two and a half, in fact. Wow. You know? And so I did go there with some apprehension, if you like. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I could stick it, it would be very rewarding. And it was not not necessarily from a financial perspective, but from a cultural perspective, from developing your personality, if you like. I was 26 at the time, so still quite young. You know, my parents were very supportive, but they were quite amazed that I was even considering this. You know, I think my mother probably fainted. I probably had to pick her off the floor when, <laughs> when after I told her. You know, but anyway, after that, they were very supportive and and quite got into it, mm. and they were they they found it interesting, if you like. You know, okay. I mean, they they could understand because my name, as you know, is not an English name. Uh, my mother was from Germany and my father was from Lithuania. Ah, uh, okay. So, so right. they understood. Right. They, they migrated to, England, to mm-hmm. Yeah, after the war, mm-hmm. uh, more or less as refugees, if you like, looking for yeah. work. Sure. So they understood what this was all about. My brother, on the other hand, couldn't. You know, he... Uh, he has no interest in that sort of lifestyle or or anything, you know. So, but that's okay, you know. Each to their own. Sure. So, I, I I opted for this life, and of course, the funny thing about going to Nigeria was that I I quite got a taste for this working overseas. Mm. And I wonder if that's why the retiring overseas became such a thing, because I was already, most of my working life was spent abroad. I wonder, is that significant in some way? And maybe you can answer that because, you know, the number of interviews you've done, have you detected a pattern in all those people? Were were they keen travellers? Were they well travelled before retiring? Well, you know. Is is that that, what made them do that? Right, right. For for the people who, who... Retired overseas. Some of them were well traveled, but I think what they all had in common was they all had a sense of adventure. 
Yes. I think that you have to you have to be willing to take a chance to do something oh, like yes. this. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. I mean, yeah. thus far we've released 77 I think episodes. Really? And mm. yes, and we uh I would say half are uh international because yes. when we started this show, it was where are we going? All right. Yes. We know we want to get out of New York because of the weather. And this winter has really solidified that. But where do we go? And we yes. never thought about or we never talked about it, about mm -hmm. living outside New York, because I guess we've always been close to our families. But now after doing the show for what, a year? And well, I always want to leave New York. What are you talking about? No, no, you always want to leave New York. <laughs> But did you think of leaving uh, to go outside? Oh, you oh, you didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we never really you mean contemplated. Leaving the country, you're talking about you're talking about leaving the country leaving the united states okay, okay. can i get any clearer you didn't say that <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> i said international so yes yeah, so gene and i through the show it has opened our minds all mm. right i cannot say that i am adventurous because i am afraid of many things <laughs> i'm afraid of myself but even. i'd say you're but, adventurous no i am i am adventurous i consider myself more creative so let's say for the rest of my life Yes. Right now I have four projects and they're all they're all in the creative field. All right. Mm -hmm. It's working with glass, working with metal and and, yes. and so forth. I never really thought about, gee, let's just move to Hong Kong. <laughs> in fact, I think I, I think more more Brits probably move to Hong Kong because of that British colony connection. Right. And I think the US folks of the people we interviewed, we've had a lot who love Spain. And yes. Spain is something we definitely want to check out, but I'm not sure yep. that we would live there for the retirement. But before anyone gets bored of my blabbing, I will just <laughs> say, I think Gene is more adventurous. And we plan at this point, at least to visit a number of countries that we haven't before actually talked about. You know, mm. we talked about going here on vacation, going there yeah, on but vacation, now, now but to live there three days, months at a time, 90 days at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're thinking, let's live somewhere 90 days at a time. And in Hong Kong, it might be even longer. Possible, you know? Yes. And based on what you said about not the living quarters, but everything else, it seems mm. affordable. I always thought Hong Kong was very expensive. Now, I don't yeah. know that I could live that far from city center because yes. I have my needs. <laughs> of course. Well, why not? Of course. I don't know that I could live that far out where I would have to wait for a bus for an hour. Yes. But, oh, no, we don't have to. But you see, you know when the bus is coming, it's a, a timetable. So you can go out five minutes before uh, and get it. And are they accurate? Do they show uh, yes. up on time? Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Generally, they are accurate. It, it might be a little bit delayed if it's a bad weather day or something, but, okay. but that's all. You know. And how how far are you to the to your bus stop? Let's say. Oh, it's only about two minutes walk. Oh, okay. Oh, so wow. you can actually be there on time for a bus. Okay. Oh, definitely. Because yes. there's always all, all these factors. Like we are not five minutes to to yeah. a bus. So so it, you'd have to factor all that in. Yeah, okay. it okay. was actually it was a very pleasant place when we first moved. Uh, mm -hmm. The actual bus stop was more or less a banana tree, which right. was overhanging <laughs> the road, and that provided the shelter <laughs> and the shade. You know, very pleasant. But then they they moved it and built a proper shelter, 
with a I, proper steel structure oh, and that sort of thing and the seats oh, so it's nice. a, a bit more civilized now <laughs> right right yeah i would say it took new york wow. a while before they built those kind of shelter like sites yeah. now you could stand there without an umbrella at least not everywhere but in most no. places you know oh yeah um, i think you're right though what you said about the winters uh yeah. that was one thing that was a big promoter of of our move abroad we we didn't like the winters and they are very hard in the northern hemisphere yeah i don't care what anybody says it does age you i'm sure it It does does, you know here we have winters here maybe a week or two of the year it might get down to single figures temperature wise Mm. but only in nine eight nine degrees and only then for maybe a few hours of the day Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. even then it might only be for two or three days Mm. Even today, um, wow. we're going to be about 16 to 18 degrees. So Celsius. Yeah, Celsius. Yeah, Celsius. Sorry. Okay. That's very okay. pleasant. But again, okay. then again, we had one day, the day before the day before, it was mm-hmm. pushing 30. Mm. You know, so it can go up and down at this time of right. year. And right. very soon right. we'll be getting into the 30s again. Okay. And it can be quite debilitating as well. So mm-hmm. we tend to take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So that's at most a week. And, of and does it bad weather? Does it get hot yeah. in the summer? It doesn't get hot. Yes, it hot? gets hot in the summer. It can get up to about thirty-eight at times. Ooh. And again, global warming strikes again because yeah. that's a, a lot hotter than when we used to be here before. Right. Because it, I'm sure it was more regular where you yes. can rely on, but now it's just impossible. Exactly, exactly. And it, okay. the, the extent of that hot weather, the, the period is a lot longer as well. Okay. Whereas before okay. it might only be two or three days of the year. Now mm. it's two or three months of the year. So okay. it's, it's a huge difference, you know. Okay. So, mm. so just for our audience, a quick note, 38 degrees Celsius is 100.4 Fahrenheit. Wow. So if I didn't react properly before, I will do so <laughs> now. And that is, ouch, that is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and how long is that again you would say well it could start um about may go on to about mm, september is it humid or is it a dry heat it's humid it's humid, ah. it's humid. i remember yeah. the water and yeah okay yeah but you it can is. always go away that yes, might of be a good time to go yeah. back to london <laughs> well to be honest we we tend just to get we get used to it. We've acclimatized now, I think. Mm-hmm. Ah. And so we tend just to do less. Okay. Maybe just do one thing a day. That's enough. Okay. You know, don't, don't do too much. Right. Otherwise right. you do weigh yourself out, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. And so, uh, you know, in, in some ways you feel a bit like these athletes that used to go to warm countries and do altitude training, yeah. you know? Yes. Uh, so when the, when the cooler weather comes, you feel so much. <laughs> energy. Right. Right. Okay. So, all right, very good. So I think we've covered a lot. Gene, did I did we miss anything? What do you think? Uh Ben, was there anything that we might have missed that you think our audience would like to know? Well, I think I can give a tip, if you like. Yes. Um, yes. From yes. what I've what I've, you know, read and, and learned about um, and it doesn't matter whether you retire overseas or you emigrate at a younger age or you just go overseas for a two-year work contract, maybe. I think the thing is you you have to embrace and connect with your new country, new country, new culture, maybe new job, new house, everything new. I think where a lot of people fall down is that they try and treat it as an extension of their old lives. Uh, And this is wrong. 
by all means, keep in contact with your old life, <laughs> but don't live in the past. You know, right. a little bit of nostalgia is always good. Right. But, you know, your life is now over there. Yeah. And that's the whole point of you going in the first place is to have a change, right. is to find new friends and new things to do, a new culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the great thing here, the contrasts of Hong Kong. You know, we have the new and the old, yeah. British, the Chinese, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the city, the countryside. There's right. so much going on. So right. although we tend to live maybe a more Western lifestyle in mm-hmm. Hong Kong, which mm-hmm. is still a, a, a permissible, <laughs> um, <laughs> but alongside in parallel is this parallel universe, thousands of years of Chinese tradition and culture. So there's always something interesting going on, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I can look at my calendar here, mm-hmm. and it gives me the the tongue sing. It's like it tells me in Chinese, mm-hmm. you know, is it a good day to move a bed? Is it a good day to move a door? <laughs> is it a good day to sell a rice field if you have one, or to dig a well? So there's all these interesting things. And earlier, sure. well, earlier in March, we had my favorite day, which is the day the insects wake up from hibernation and oh. all these little solar terms <laughs> and one year i think it was last year or the year before the, the the legend is that there should be a thunderstorm in the morning followed by all these insects waking up and true <laughs> enough on that very day there was a thunderstorm in the morning and there was suddenly a presence of more insects isn't that fantastic so i think that's the thing is so you know get into your new country <laughs> Look, you know, I always call them magic moments when you can go out and you have a lovely experience, just a magic moment. Mm-hmm. It might be there's some new flora and fauna mm-hmm. or a food you never saw before. Sure. Uh, an animal comes along, a monkey comes past you, a monkey's wow. on the roof. We have that sometimes, you know. Wow. Cool. Um, or you have a nice talk with the lady who cleans, who sweeps the paths, you know, mm-hmm. who has no English whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice cultural moment, you know. Right. Living here in our little village house, it's very quiet. It's very different. It's not really Hong Kong at all. It's very Asia, yes, mm-hmm. but it's not really Hong Kong. You know, that we might have monkeys, be the best. We right. have a wild boar going around. We have snakes <laughs> outside. So uh, again, you know, you know, learn learn about the place, learn new things. You know, yeah. I mentioned snakes there. I knew very little about snakes. You know, before. And I've <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. In, yes, indeed. I've uh-huh. become quite interested in them. Well, I I thought it's useful because living in a place like this. I need to know which snakes are going to run away from me <laughs> and which snakes do I need to run away from. It's all to do with what makes a society function. Yes. You know, and, and everybody has a, play, a, a part to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's no different to whatever country you are in. So, yes, you have mm-hmm. to, you know, I do feel also that being here, you know, we are an ambassador mm-hmm. for our country, yes. for, for mm-hmm. the UK, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, as as you said, Jean, is get to enjoy the place and get to know, get to know the people, you know. So try not to be an obvious expat, although because of yes, I, I yes, with my hair and this skin colour, you, you stand out <laughs> like a sore thumb very often. Yeah, at least you have it hair. Doesn't mean you have to be one, you know. <laughs> Usually, if someone talks to me in Cantonese, I will try and answer in Cantonese. Oh, if they talk nice. to me in English, wow. I'll answer in English, you know. So. Again, that's another nice cultural um, yeah. perspective. Yeah. What do you do when someone speaks to you in Spanish? I'm just kidding. Ah, well, then I, I say, what? Eh? I just have one, I just have one, <laughs> last, very good. one last question. 
Are you sorry you missed out on Brexit? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Uh, I, I think was kidding. Uh, I was kidding. Yeah, no, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, you know, looking at the way the UK has behaved these last few years, it adds another a great big no to the question of will you go back? Yeah. Right. Well, we were going to talk a second about the um, the national security law, where yes. if you speak out anti-government. What yes. are the consequences? In less than one minute, how would you answer that question? Well, I would say that generally, for most people, there will be no problem. You know, you're allowed to discuss it. We even have television programs debating it. So it's not an issue to mention it. They only don't like the fact if you are holding protests against China or you advocate independence. Because some people in the protest movement were advocating independence, mm-hmm. uh, some of the more younger radical ones, but the more older, more established uh, socialists, uh, the more established union leaders, the democratic, pro-democratic people mm-hmm. were merely advocating more freedoms mm-hmm. and a more a to, well, to have universal suffrage and to be able to elect our own leader. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be it. So, to be honest, I would say it hasn't really impacted on our lives considerably. You know, it's right. it's a concern, but I feel it's a concern that can be fixed through dialogue and debate, and eventually might might sort itself out without any intervention. China is always changing. I remember in the days of Deng Xiaoping way back in the 90s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he was quite progressive. He was an old guy, but quite progressive. He wanted China to be like Hong Kong. He wanted Hong Kong to lead China. And he mm-hmm. said the only things that would change after 97 are the flag and the leader or the governor, as they call them. <laughs> right, but right. now this new guy, well, not new, President Xi, who wants to be one of these leaders for life, I feel is going back on that. And he's taking China backwards. It has lost its progressive edge. Okay. So that's a disappointment. So maybe, okay. again, he's another leader that we'll have to, we'll have to wait for his transformation or a replacement later before things change or move on. Okay. Sounds good. I think that might've been just under a minute. Okay. (laughs) Was it really? (laughs) No, 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 no. Ben, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So listen, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. This was a wonderful, uh, wonderful session. No, we really enjoyed it. And there's a lot that I recently read about in preparation, you know, researching Hong Kong. There's just so much more I read about. Of course, there's so many varying opinions on both sides. Once you get started on a city, it just it just keeps going on. So you shed a lot of light on some it of those. It does. Uh, and I think, to be honest, also, the, the, the news reports in the West were very concentrated. And it, maybe you felt it was like that all the time. Hmm. And I remember when I was working in the UK, I had a friend who was working in Belfast in Northern Ireland oh. at the time of the Troubles. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I said to him, Oh, that must be terrible. What's it like? Because, <laughs> you know, the first headlines on the news every night was some shooting or killing yes. in Ireland. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't know. I never see anything. It's different, yeah, you know. That's, that's yeah. true. And that's uh, true. going about talking about immigration also, on, on a Nottingham Facebook page, somebody put uh, an old photograph of an old advertisement that advertised in the 1950s for Britain's to move to Australia for £10. Wow. Mm. And they were called the £10 Poms. It was held after the war 
in a way to uh, repopulate Australia, to encourage people to go there and set up uh, life. And, and some people commented and they said, yes, oh, my father did that or my, a long lost uncle did that or something. And uh, some people went and, and enjoyed it. Some people didn't and came back. But what amazed me the most was how many people said, ah, if they offered that today, we'd go very quickly. Oh, wow. Interesting. They would go like a shot. <laughs> wow. Yeah, overseas is very much what you make of it. And it and it shouldn't be viewed as an 18-hour flight. We should think of it as, oh, you know, it's not that far because in the scheme of things, 18 hours is really, I mean, look, it's less than a day, right? Because my mother would go and she'd say, oh, I am finally in, she would go to Shanghai and she would finally, yeah. she would say, oh, I'm in, you know, X country at the moment. They're refueling. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, now we have, now we have planes, right? They can, you can yeah. go that length of time or of that course. distance. And she would say, but I'm really tired and I don't know what time it is anymore. <laughs> and then I would say, oh, I have to always buffer the trip with two, three extra days just to get over yes. that. But so what? You know, I've mm. got the time now. Right. So that's yeah, that's it. There you go. Ben. That's it. Exactly. You're right. And, and I think also being somewhere like Hong Kong, mm -hmm. if you want to explore Asia, mm -hmm. you can base yourself in Hong Kong and then every flight, oh. wherever you go. Right. Malaysia, Vietnam, China, Japan. It's a short haul flight. Right. And that's what we used to do before. So every time there was a holiday weekend, a long weekend, mm -hmm. we would go to Singapore, Kuala Lumpur. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Saigon, you know, right. Shanghai, Beijing, wow. you know, Tokyo. Right. And you just have a long weekend. Right. Fantastic. Right. You know. Yeah. All right, Gene, put it on the list. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ben, listen, stay in touch. We'll talk soon. That was fun. Thank okay, you so much. Good. I okay. hope so. Okay. Nice Thank talking you. to you. Thank, Thank you very bye -bye. much. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.